Through his stand-up routines, Christian comedian Tim Hawkins, if you've heard of him, has this great ability to speak truth and wisdom to people who listen. And since you are here and you're going to have a chance to listen to his words, I want you to pay attention to the wisdom that he has. And you may be a couple that's only recently married or a couple that's seasoned when it comes to marriage. Maybe you're not even a couple at all. You don't have, uh, you haven't been married or aren't married. But I think either way, no matter where you are with that, you can appreciate these words of wisdom. From, here's our uh, lyrics from one of his songs that I think are, are going to help us today uh, talk about what we're looking at. Hey, honey, have you gained some weight in your rear end? That dress you wear reminds me of my old girlfriend. And where'd you get those shoes? I think they're pretty lame. Would you stop talking because I'm trying to watch the game? Your cooking is okay, but not like your mother makes. The diamond in the ring I bought you is actually a fake. Your eyes look puffy, dear. Are you feeling ill? Happy anniversary, sweetheart. I bought you a treadmill. If you're a man who wants to live a long and happy life, these are the things you don't say to your wife. It's true. You might think, well, wow, if you want to be a good husband, that's a bad example uh, with those kinds of things. But we realize that actually all examples, we want to think positive, all examples are good examples. You're either a good example of what to do or a good example of what not to do. Huh? Y'all with me? Jesus, I think, saw in the Pharisees a good example of what not to do. Now, if you will, kind of put yourself in the crowd as Jesus is speaking to the crowd and to his disciples. And think how you would have felt, how you would have initially responded when Jesus says, do whatever they teach you and follow it. Now, maybe if you're one of the Pharisees, you're thinking, finally, this Jesus guy is good for something. I kind of feel bad we're going to kill him at the end of the week, right? Or maybe you're someone in the crowd and you're, you're kind of scratching your head, kind of confused. Well, wait a minute. You want me to do what they do? I know who they, who they are. Why would I want to follow what they teach? You might wonder. But Jesus doesn't stop there, right? He doesn't just say, listen to them and, and follow their teaching. He goes on. He continues by saying, do not do as they do. For they do not practice what they teach. You and I might say today that they are good examples of what not to do. You've got to ask yourself, what is it about them that Jesus sees in them that he's instructing them and instructing us not to do? And you could probably say a lot of things, but in particular, I think you might be able to break it down to this, is that they talk a lot about religious stuff, God stuff. Faith stuff, Bible stuff, we might say. And when people hear them talk about these things, it is apparent that they know what they're talking about. They must know God, and certainly they know God's law. And they even have this uncanny ability 
to be able to tell when other people aren't following God's law. Some people are really, really good at that, aren't they? They talked a whole lot, but Jesus recognized something in their speech. Now, as we think about what Jesus told the disciples and the crowds to do and what not to do, there's a question that I have that I think is a valid question, and it's whether the people recognize the difference between what the Pharisees taught and what they did. I have to imagine if I'm myself, and you see this all the time, many people don't feel very adequate when it comes to the Bible, right? They feel like they don't know enough, feel like they haven't been reading it long enough. And so when someone comes across as someone who knows a lot, you're almost intimidated. You don't want to ask certain questions because you don't want to look foolish. You don't want to make certain claims because they just might prove you to be wrong. And so maybe if I'm one of these people where the scribes and the Pharisees and other people like them, maybe, maybe I just realize how much they know. And if they tell me I'm wrong or something's wrong with me or I'm going against God's word, who am I to tell them otherwise? So maybe, maybe they just didn't know and Jesus was showing them this about these people. Now, you also kind of think, maybe they did know. Because, I mean, let's be real. You know when someone's trying to um, play you. You get that feeling when somebody wants to speak over you, and they use big words, right? And their way of belittling you or making you feel inferior. You, You can tell, can't you? You know when someone wants to do that. You know when someone has gotten... Like my mama used to say, too big for their britches. You know that, don't you? So you can make up your mind whether the crowd knew knew this about the Pharisees or not. But no matter which way it was, whether they did or not, I think Jesus shows us something important. And that is, our example matters. What we do matters. See, Jesus, Jesus told them that you can follow what they teach, but don't follow their example. What they have to say and teach is really good because what they're saying and teaching is this, but their example, you want to stay away from that. And what we realize, brothers and sisters, is that you and I are examples. Whether we realize that or not, we are examples to each other. Hopefully, we can be good examples of what to do and not good examples of what not to do. But we are, think about a place like this, we are all examples to each other. But even outside of a place like this, you know the religious atmosphere of today? People have a lot of questions. Some people are just inquisitive about our faith, and not just our faith, other faiths. They want to know what this faith is all about. Then again, some people are just disgusted, and some people are just angry. Now, many times they may want to know about our faith, but they're not going to ask us. What they are going to do, right or wrong, is base their opinions, base their idea of what our faith is on our example. Because we can say a whole lot, can't we? 
Some of us can say a whole lot. But it's our example that people see. And quite often it's our example that people use to make up their mind about our faith. Because more likely, many people have already seen good examples, great examples of Christians not being very Christ-like. Turn on the television and you see people in the name of the Lord being very good examples of what not to do. Brothers and sisters, that's something that we need to confess and that's something that we need to pray about because those examples are filling other people in to our faith. They are giving them the impression of what our faith is. And quite often, it's not a good impression and it's not the right impression. But likewise, we all know examples, good examples of people who show us what not to do, but we also have good examples of people who show us what to do. Maybe it's a family member for you, or a neighbor, someone at work. Maybe it's someone you go to church church with, or maybe someone you used to go to church with. But we also have people in our lives that show us faithfulness, that their example of faithfulness shows us how to be a good example. Brothers and sisters, I think we need to thank God for those people. Because whether they realized it or whether we realize it, their example is a witness to God for you and for me. We should thank God for those people. Because we realize that all of us learn by example, don't we? We learn how to drive by example. Now, I'm wondering about some of y'all's examples. We learn how to raise our children by example. And if you've ever heard yourself say, I sound like my mother, (laughs) then you know the truth that we learn by example. We learn how to raise our children by example. We learn how to converse with other people by example. We learn how to deal with issues by example. And not just faith, but anything. We learn by example. Y'all with me? Make sense? Now, maybe, maybe this has happened to you. Usually when it does happen, it involves our children because we've done such a good job teaching our children, right? Teaching them in the way they should go. But every once in a while, they catch us. Well, Dad, I thought you said we were not supposed to do... And they caught you. And all you can say is, well, do as I say and not as I do. Now, if you've ever said that, what you realize is that your example hasn't been good enough to follow. And unfortunately, brothers and sisters, many people, many people who call themselves Christians Live out their faith in the same way. Do as I say, not as I do. Because I say a lot about the grace and love of God. But I don't practice that a lot in my own life. I talk a lot about the forgiveness of God, but you know what you did to me. 
I talk a lot about freedom. I talk a lot about what God has done for me, but I'm just not willing to share that with you. Do as I say, not as I do. Friends, we have to realize that part of our example is realizing what God has done for us. And when we can learn to share what God has done for us, we become a blessing then. Our example is a blessing to people. But when we decide that we're just going to keep all that stuff that God has supposedly done for us, and we're going to try to use it against you, because usually when people are showing people the way, the truth, and the life, what they're really saying, hey, here's what's wrong with you and everything that's right about me. And like that, we become a burden, like the Pharisees were, unwilling to live into the stuff that we talk about God all the time. But friends, it's in our example that people see things otherwise. In our reading from First Thessalonians, we are reminded that the Apostle Paul was a good example from, for the church. And as you read that passage, if you read it a few more times, you kind of pick up on something. You get the impression that Paul is, Paul is almost defending himself. You know, he talks about having to work day and night. He talks about having pure conduct with the believers. He talked about being like a father, treating the church like a father does a child. It's almost like maybe there were other leaders, other apostles who weren't able to do those things or who weren't willing to do those things. And Paul says, you know differently. In a way, I think we could say today, you know my example. Because there will always be people more than willing and able to be the good example of what not to do. My advice to each one of us, friends, is to not be that person. And just like Paul recognized other people, he, he, he tried to set himself apart so that others could be reminded of what God had done for him and what God was willing to do for them. And there's three ways I think he, he showed that to us and as he spoke to them. If you remember, he told the people to remember. Remember that I, we, are, we, we worked day and night so that we wouldn't be a burden to you. So maybe the people as they're reading this, yeah, I remember Paul making tents all day long. And I don't know if you realize this or not, but this tent making business, you know, we go camping or something. We pop up a tent in five or ten minutes. But tent making in Paul's life probably took all day. And so you remember how we worked day and night so that we didn't have to depend on you. We wouldn't be a burden to you. And you could hear the people saying, yeah, I remember that. Because people remember us, don't they? There's a saying that people won't always remember what you say. They won't always remember what you do. But they will remember how you made them feel. There's some truth to that. The basic truth is that people remember. Paul also says to know. He told them to know how he treated them. And people can see us and they can remember something about us. And hopefully we have given them, given them something to know. That the reason why we live blameless. The reason why we are here at church or the reason why we do what we do is because of what God has done for us. And when we can live into that example, people know that. 
Maybe they don't agree with you. Maybe they're not willing to follow you to church. Maybe they don't want to hear your religious stuff again. But they know something. God has done something for and in you. And how it works is that people remember, they see and they witness, and they come to know, and we pray. And we pray, as Paul did. Paul thanked God because from his witness, from his example, the people received the gospel of God. Paul thanked God that the people received it. And when people see us, they remember us. They know where we're coming from. They know what God has done for us. Our prayer is that then they receive from our example what God wants to do for them. Friends, you realize then that part of a maturing faith, part of growing in Christ and coming to know God more and more, part of all that process is an understanding and a willingness to care about the example that we set for each other and for people outside of the church walls. We care about our example because people will base their judgment of our faith and our God based upon our example. Now, you may not think you are an example. But friends, let me correct you. You are. If God has done something for you, you are an example. Has God done anything for anybody around here? You are an example. If people want to know about what God is willing and able to do, they can turn to you. They see you. And they want to know what you have to say. They want to see how you live and what that event with God or that experience with God has touched your life. They want to see your example. With our example, what we know about God, what we understand about God, we know that we can either be a blessing or a burden. And if you remember the story, The Israelites have been wandering for some time now, and they were that close to the promised land. It's right there, and it's time. The only thing that stood between them and the land that God has promised them was this river. And wouldn't it be just because we're here, we're ready to go, it flood season. This isn't no little bitty river we're at. This is flooded waters we're talking about. Now, as it happens to be in that story, God had told Joshua to lead the people to the promised land, even through this last bit. As the story goes, it was the priests who had to stand first, who had to step in the water first so that everybody could follow. Now, I want you to put your mind as one of those priests. Because as I'm standing on the edge of this river, any other day of the year, if I go and put my water, my feet in that water, kaplunk. And not just because of, but that's just how it works, right? Any of y'all skinny people would have fell in that water. (laughs) Y'all were thinking it. But what kind of faith, what kind of commitment did it take for those priests to say,
imagine as the people began to cross? Boy, I'd be high-fiving people. I'd be hugging people. Now, I'm just not going to lie. If I'm one of the priests, I'm like, yeah, that's good, but hurry up, because I'm still kind of scared, y'all. It reminds us that there is a life of peace and promise that God has for every single one of us. And what people don't need, they don't need someone who is more than willing to just ram stuff at them, to just yell at them and tell them everything that's wrong and just tell them and tell them and tell them and tell them. What they really need, I think, is someone willing to, in faith, in trust, by their example, step out and show faithfulness. Quite literally, those people, as they crossed through, they were following the example of the priest. And brothers and sisters, it is my prayer that you and I would care enough about the example that we set to each other and to those outside the church that we could be a blessing to people. Would you pray with me? A loving God, you have blessed us in so many ways. Your promise of peace, the assurance of your presence is something that we hold on dear to. God, it is a blessing to us. And we ask, God, that you would forgive us when we do not share that blessing and be a blessing to all of your people. And we confess to you, God, those times when we have been more of a burden. But we ask that today, recognizing the life of promise and the peace that you have for us, that we could accept the blessing, that we in turn could be a blessing by the example of faithfulness that we show. And together in your name, we pray these things. Amen.